Greetings, greetings. Welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zaffaro, and this is an open and shut episode with Owen Mullen. Now, this will be the first of two weeks in a row in which we will be speaking to a Scot. So if you uh, dig the Scottish accent, you are in for a couple of weeks of a treat. Now, I believe the last time I spoke to you, we were getting rained on like crazy. But today, it is not the rain, it is the wind, I swear to God. It's hurricane gale force out there. Uh, so you may hear some uh, associated wind sounds during today's episode. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk to Owen Mullen here in a moment. Before we do that, I'd like to remind you that Wrong Place, Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is an up-and-coming mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, mostly from the darker, grittier end of the spectrum. You can find out more by going to downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books. Take the journey with us. And now let's talk to a Scottish author, Owen Mullen. Well, hello, Owen, and welcome to the show. Hi, Frank. How are you doing? Uh, pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic. It's morning hours for me, but uh, you're 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 in the evening over there. Well, it's a dark here now. It's a, I, I'm from Scotland, as you can tell by the accent, but I'm not speaking to you from Scotland. I'm speaking to you from the Mediterranean. I'm speaking to you from a Greek island, and uh, we've had a glorious day here. Fantastic sunshine, but it's uh, heading towards. Uh, Winter now, not quite winter, but it, it gets dark, Gail, and it's about 20 past eight in the evening, and it's pitch dark. Uh, you spend about half your time there in Greece and the other half in Scotland, correct? Yeah, I spend, we spend a lot of time in Greece and some of the time in Scotland, most of the time in Greece, really because of the weather. A little bit of a different there, uh, difference there in the weather. Just a bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, before we get into your writing, I wanted to touch on something that's in your your biography. It says that you are a rock musician and a songwriter uh, with a bit of a career in that field. Um, yes, I, I was a, a, a musician. I played in different rock bands, pop bands, studio sessions. Um, I went to London and stayed there for a long time, played the circuit, did recording sessions, recorded myself. The idea was to become rich and famous. It didn't quite work out, but uh, <laughs> it was good. It was good, and I, it was good. And I was lucky to work with. Um, I was lucky to, to work and then be and be in bands with a, a lot of really really good people. Some of them pretty famous, and uh, that was that was a terrific experience. Um, and now I'm doing something else that's equally creative, uh, so I'm happy with that. You know. Would you describe yourself then as being kind of a sessions guy? Yeah, I, at times, you know, it's one of those kind of things. I, what I would do, I'd do, I'd do session work sometimes during the day, and I'd play in different bands at night. Uh, when I was there, there was there were a big circuit, a big club and pub circuit in uh, in London. There was lots of gigs, there was lots of work, and uh, I'd, I'd, I played with different bands all over the place. Also, I was writing with a guy, um, and we were recording our own stuff. We had a manager. Uh, who lives in LA now, by the way. And uh, for a while, it was as if we were going to crack it, but it didn't quite work out. Just like in the writing world, I think that uh, 
while hard work and perseverance and talent are a part of the equation, there's an element of luck too, just timing and luck that has to happen. Can't be underestimated how much the, of a factor that is. Um, I went into writing the same as I went into music with the idea that, you know, if you were good, if you, if you whatever good meant, if you were good, if you're really, really good, there, would, there could be no stopping you. But of course, that's not quite right. The, the biggest thing you can be in life is lucky. Uh, <laughs> if you're lucky, everything, if lucky, everything else happens, doesn't it? I mean, Ian, Ian, Ian Rankin, who's got, you know, millions in the bank from his writing, he was asked, what, what advice would you give to a, wrong, a young writer? He said, be lucky. Uh, he said, anything, anything else? He said, yeah, stay lucky. Um, so... <laughs> So it's the same in it's the same in music. It's the same in the book world. It's the same in life, isn't it? If you're lucky to have, you know, loving parents, if you're lucky to have your health, or two brains to rub together, if you marry the right person, if you get a lucky break with your kids, they all turn out fine. You know, you get a job you love, all that kind of stuff. It's a mistake to think that um, we're masters of our own destiny and that. If we if it all works out for us somehow, it's because we did it. It's it's about having the good luck to find an audience, and for the audience to find you. I mean, you do have a degree of stickability as well. You need a lot of stickability, a lot of personal belief. Uh, to have personal belief takes a lot of energy, a lot of uh, mm -hmm. you know. You've really got, really got to stick with it and hope and believe uh, that you know you you that break will come your way. For some people it does, for some people it doesn't. And then after you've done all that, you've still got this creative outlet, which can't be underestimated. You might not make a ton of money. You might not be a household name, but you've got to not die with your music still inside you. Do you know mm, what I mean? I do. I very much do. I think that's a great philosophy. Um, let, let's talk about that, that writing that isn't inside you anymore that you you've already gotten out. You, you've got a, you've got a series out called the Charlie Cameron series. Uh, what, what's that about? Okay. Um, Charlie Cameron is the main man. He's a private investigator in Glasgow. Now it's common to have private investigators, books set with private investigators, famous ones in Los Angeles. I don't know why it's always Los Angeles or New York. It seems to be in American literature. All of us here. Charlie is in Glasgow now. I know Glasgow very well. I worked in. I lived close to it. I worked in it for most of my life. And uh, the story behind it is, I had an agent who was finding it difficult to to sell me, and she said, "You need to write something Scottish own." I said, "But." Uh, I don't want to write something Scottish. She said, well, that would be up to you. Uh, but I did. My wife persuaded me that I should. So I wrote um, Games People Play. That was my debut novel. And uh, that, that novel was long-listed for Crime Book of the Year at uh, a big festival here, Bloody Scotland. Um, it's about a private investigator in, Gla in Glasgow, and it's about the three or two or three people who are close to him. A Glasgow white boy, do you understand that? kind of term, he's a kind of talks out the side of his mouth, this, this other sidekick he's got. He, he, my expression is he would kick his granny if the price was right. But, um, <laughs> but he's, actually a very, he's actually a very good guy. This is the sidekick. So he gets all the funny lines. Charlie gets, to, to, gets the girls and gets to solve the crimes. I, I've tried to, in that series, I've tried to incorporate some of the characteristics of the people of that area. For example, the sense of humour. 
it's not a funny book. It's a dramatic book, but um, it's, it's a crime thriller. But uh, the people of the West of Scotland have a kind of very specific sense of humour. It's not a laugh-out-wide humour. It's not a tell-you-a-joke kind of humour. But they say funny things. They've got a quirky way of looking at things. And that's, that applies to almost everyone, it seems. So I've captured some of that in the book. Now, I've written three of those books, and then I, then I moved on to uh, to write a story of New Orleans, a New Orleans detective, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed doing because I've been to New Orleans a couple of times, and I like it. Have you been to New Orleans, Frank? Uh, no, I have never been to New Orleans. It's an interesting place, you know, and, of course, it's got those, those uh, colliding cultures like the Cajun and the Creole, the food, the balmy weather. Um, it's also got the city has that checkered history. It's always been a bit of a sleazy, scuzzy kind of place historically, <laughs> um, and that all that all it makes for easy reading, easy writing, because it's, there's already a lot of character there, a lot of definition there. So to to set a, a private detective, another private detective. My first four books were private detectives, and I haven't written another private detective since, and I, I don't know if I will. But that's how I got started. And I think principally my influences and all that were probably those old Edward G. Robinson movies from the 40s and uh, Humphrey Bogart, you know, where they're all Sam Spade and the private, they're, sure. and they're all kind of wise guys. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of, uh, I, can't, I mean, Philip Marvel, all that, Raymond Chandler, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was only a kid when I was, before, that, before I was born, some of it, I was only a child was seeing that on the, on a black and white television, but the kind of ethos, ethos of it kind of hangs around with you for all your life. You mm. know what I mean? I do. I do. Moving on to your uh, newest work, the, the title of the book is Deadly Harm. You had an interesting uh, method of doing a cover reveal. Uh, have you seen the cover reveal, have you? Yeah. Well, once you've you, seen it. Yeah. Would you t- tell people what uh, how you went about revealing the cover? Well, first of all, I didn't go about reviewing the cover. The person behind <laughs> that is my wife, Christine, uh-huh. who's uh, really the ba- the brains. She's the brains of the outfit. You know what I mean? Let's, let's not kid ourselves about that. She does all my all the advertising, all the promotion, and that cover reveal idea, the the, the jigsaw idea, where you reveal a little few of the pieces, then a few more, then a few more, the whole cover. Yeah, that was all. I have nothing to do with that. It would be nice to say, all my own work, but nothing could be uh, further from the truth on that. That was Christine. Well, Christine's brilliant. That was a great marketing move. Uh, and it, it I'll tell it, you, said she's brilliant. It was, it was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, so t- tell, Good. tell me about deadly harm. Okay. Deadly harm uh, out the 15th of October. It's the follow on from a previous book called in harm's way. And it picks up the story that was first told in, in harm's way five years further on. It's the story of a woman, uh, Mackenzie Darrock. She runs a refuge for women uh, about 10 miles from Glasgow. And one night she's coming home, late at night, it's raining. A car races past her going too fast. Further up the road, the car has crashed. She drags the driver, who turns out to be a woman, from behind the wheel. Seconds before the car explodes, she takes her back to the refuge and the woman stays at the refuge. And that's how the story begins. But that's really not what the story is about. It's actually about a lot of things. In some ways, it's a vigilante thriller. 
all of my books and all of my books, I, I like to have more than one main thread, story thread running. Uh, so that, um, it's good for me as a writer. It means I can throw the action around, change the scene. So in this book, there are two main uh, two main threads. Uh, sometimes there are more. In New Orleans' book, there were three threads. But in this book, there are uh, two threads. One is the story of Mackenzie and this woman that she saved. The other one is about a guy who's just come out from prison and he goes after the people who he actually went into prison for a fairly minor offence. He's a bad guy. When he gets out, he goes back to uh, square the account with the people who'd done him wrong, if you like. And uh, that leads to all kinds of horrible, horrible violence. He's he's the sort of guy who's he's from a lower strata of society where violence is a commonplace thing, uh, an everyday thing, where conscience seems to be having a holiday, that kind of thing. So you you know what you're going to get with a guy like that. He goes he goes out to avenge the people who have wronged him, and over in the the two women thing, Mackenzie and Caitlin, they have got their own kind of vigilantism going on. There is a there's a synergy between the two, and the story weaves in and out between both stories. Of course, to both both endings, I think the endings are pretty shocking. I hope so. And that is out the fifteenth of October. <laughs> if we're still here, about, about 13 days, I think. <laughs> well, the advanced, the advanced reviews, you know, when you're in the book business, the, the publisher sends out arcs, you'll know this, mm -hmm. advanced uh, review uh, copies to, to selected readers. Um, and some of them have contacted me to say, wow, this is, this is a book and a half. This is great stuff. Owen. So we'll see, if, uh, we'll see if we get lucky, what you were talking about earlier on, Frank, see if we can find that audience, you know. I think if we find the audience, the book, will, the book will find them all right. It's just getting the two to collide at the right right time, mm -hmm. right moment, you know. Mm -hmm. I do, I do. Well, I hope that happens for you. Um, and I'll, Thanks. I'll uh, I wish you well on the release. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Not at all. And if you get to read the book, give me a message to tell me how you liked it. I'll do that. Okay, well, thanks very much, Frank. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Well, there you are, folks. I uh, warned you about the accent. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, Owen is a very cool guy, and I, I really love his philosophy on writing and on life. Uh, next week, we'll be talking to another Scott, Katrina McPherson, for a future episode in the month of October. And I think you will enjoy that one as well for many of the same reasons. A quick Zafiro update for you at their own game. It's coming out this month in October from Down and Out Books. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Owen Mullen for coming on the show. He actually stepped in on pretty short notice, uh, so I appreciate that. I thought he quitted himself quite well. Uh, I'd also like to thank uh, Down on Books for being a great sponsor, and most of all, I'd like to thank you, the listener. You make it worth the time I spend alone in editing instead of alone in writing, knowing you're listening to this uh, podcast at some point in the future. And, uh, of course, it provides me with a great excuse to uh, talk to my friends or meet new ones. Speaking of friends, Katrina McPherson, next episode. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.